Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Creative Punjabis with Jasmeet Narang. In today's episode, we will discuss some of the challenges faced by international students and how can they land into their dream job in their dream country. To talk about all of this, our Creative Punjabi guest for today's episode is Ramneet Parar, Chief Growth Officer of Ism Power. Hi Ramneet, welcome to the Creative Punjabis. It's a pleasure to have you on our show today. Hi Jasmeet, it's a pleasure to be here. So I must uh, tell the audience like I connected with Ramneet back in uh, 2019, I believe over LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. like she has been posting content on LinkedIn and I was inspired uh, by her content. And I think we also connected very briefly over a call. I wanted mm-hmm. to understand around like the content you're posting and all the response that you're getting. So I would say like, you are responsible. So I'm doing this show today. You are the one who is responsible for all this. <laughs> so you can pat your back firstly. I take that credit. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't shy away from that. Yeah. Yeah, I was really thinking about the same thing today morning only when I was preparing for this call and I was like, "Oh man, we've 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 been connected for so long and and I I remember you know listening to the office talks and I was like yeah. oh just meet started from there and it just like it was in my mind and you know we were trying to figure out editing yeah. softwares and things like that it was just purely the intention of creating and having no tools and you know you look at it now like so many tools are available and I remember when we started it was just Uh, I was using clips on you yeah. know on the iPhone and that worked and, and that's it like I was like oh yeah. I have no editing software this is just one dimensional thing like I recorded yeah. I posted and that's it like no quality no video no lighting like it's just it's just a you know initiative but look where we are and where yeah. it took us Absolutely and I think uh, you have been very uh, vocal about certain topics on linkedin right uh, the information that you have been sharing i think uh, that is very engaging like the tips uh, your you actually share your experience right which becomes very relatable to people and especially international students right and i think uh, that is where i think people like you got you started getting attention around that topics because there was no one i think who was sharing their experiences very openly and mm-hmm. you were you were like just like people share it at a later stage of their life but i think you were uh, updating each and everything as you were going in the next phase of your career so i think that is what uh, like the refreshing thing that people were listening to you they were uh, engaged with your content and i think till date also you were doing that uh, over the linkedin and other platforms also now but uh, i would want you to like go back in 2019 i think that's where you started uh, actually posting content right uh, on on career tips and other experiences so what made you think about this particular content because on linkedin there is like wide variety of content that people post right but yeah. as as a student that came up like you had this in college or while you were applying or you got your first job you thought like this is the area so where did that particular idea came in i want to understand mm-hmm. mm, i think that's such a good question and and it's so it's it's nice that i can go back and reflect of what happened i think it's a series of event it wasn't just one idea So when I was a student I knew um that there was a lack of information and there was a lack of platform and leadership uh within the international student community uh the college I came in 
our international student community there wasn't as big as it is in other colleges. Uh, so I always sort of felt that I don't have, you know, many mentors to look up to who come from similar background as me. But then over my period of time uh, studying at George Brown, I was able to find those mentors uh, and I was able to find that leadership within, um, you know, uh, the people around me, my professors, uh, people working in the career center. So over the time, a lot of people helped shape me in who I am today and helped me sort of move along this journey. And it was only once I started working um, and I started, uh, you know, sort of receiving the request from the other side, like students started uh, requesting to network with, with, with me, go on coffee chats with me. Um, and while I was talking to those students is when I realized that I had the exact same uh, hunger of learning and I had the exact same feeling of not having enough uh, examples as within the leadership. So it was actually, I was on a coffee chat with a student uh, within the accounting industry, and he was going through this phase when he was looking for a co-op, but people around him were telling that, you know, you should graduate early, you should focus on your uh, permanent residency, so don't worry about your co-op, you don't get co-ops within these big companies, so just let it be. But then he's like, you know, then I look at you and you did your co-op with KPMG, so uh, it feels like it's possible, but tell me how did you do it? And, and and while I was talking to him, I realized that, okay, you know, I need to share this information because it was shared with me too, you know, and, and I collected so much over the times because I really was in this trial and error position. Like I tried pretty much every possible outlet from applying online to networking, to talking to professors, to going to career fairs, like everything. And over time, you know, some things worked and some things didn't. So I was like, okay, I have all this information, so I need to share. So I knew I wanted to share, but then it became where. Like, where do I share this? Uh, first, I thought YouTube, but, um, you know, the commitment it takes in making long-form content, I just didn't have that time. So I was like, okay, it has to be short, but then I don't want it to be on Instagram or any, like, Facebook because people go there for entertainment. People don't go there for yeah. information, at least back in 2019. Yeah. Now the platform looks completely different, but then it was just a app for sharing, you know, beautiful pictures. Yeah. So that's when I stumbled upon LinkedIn. Um, and uh, I was on LinkedIn before that, but I wasn't active because, again, I had this image that people who are successful were the only ones posting on LinkedIn. They were talking about the success stories. They were talking about, uh, you know, how they built their careers. Only, you know, the upper management were the ones talking. So that's when I was like, okay, you know, this feels like a place, but not really, uh, you know, can I do this? But then, honestly, from once I figured out LinkedIn, I don't think so. I put in that much thought into it. I'll be very honest. I was like, okay, there's a platform. I have something I want to say. You know, what's the worst that could happen? I on, Originally, when I posted my first video, it wasn't even with the intent of making um, multiple videos over the time. I was like, okay, I'll post this one. And if this, you know, fails, then whatever. And if it doesn't, then, you know, maybe it'll take me somewhere. So I just took that first step and I didn't think about anything after that. And after that, honestly, it was just a video after video. I will make one video and I'll be like, okay, I come across something else that I want to talk about and I'll just make another video about that. So till date, I don't have a LinkedIn content strategy. I don't have any specific posting times. It's just I have kept that place as um, 
you know, a very honest ground, like a place mm. where whenever I have an incident within my professional career, I treat it as social media for my professional life. So whenever I have a failure, a success, an achievement, a struggle, you know, anything that happens within my workspace now that I'm building a startup or, you know, I'm moving into managerial roles. So figuring out how to be, you know, a good leader, all of these things that I come across, I just start sharing content. And the idea is just to make it, you know, look, to make people understand that we are all humans. I think I was so tired of people just posting success stories and talking yeah. about how great things are. And uh, as you said, that once they have achieved everything, then they talk about, hey, you know, you know, by the way, I was struggling so much back then. But they don't talk yeah. about that when they are struggling. And that's what I wanted to change is that we are all struggling currently and not in at this hypothetical point in future. So let's just talk about it so that, you know, someone else who's struggling uh, is not really feeling this left out, which I feel happens so much on social media. So it was just, yeah, it was these series of events um, and LinkedIn just became so receptive of it. So I think it was the reaction that continue, made me continue doing this. I'll be very honest if maybe it didn't do that well, my motivation might not have been there. Uh, because that's just, I guess I'm a reactive person. If, if, if you know, things are reacting, then, you know, it, it fuels you into making more and building that momentum. Uh, so yeah, that's just how it happened. And it did some absolutely amazing things for me. I cannot thank my 2019 self to having made that video and posted that on LinkedIn because it absolutely changed what my life is currently. And, and I cannot imagine that it happened because I made one silly video, you know, putting my camera on my window and just recording it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess, a mini story of why I started that. Yeah. I think that's, that's the way I also discovered it because there is no way, uh, like we are not uh, like from the same school or in the college or not even the same country, right? But yeah. that's where your content somehow reaches uh, to the right audience. And then you connect with the, wherever you can like resonate, right? Uh, so uh, going back to like the content you post, I think uh, it, uh, it, it's, it talk about more about the international work experience challenges, culture, right? For, for any student who is aspiring or either uh, there or he or he or she may may be applying uh, their internship in some uh, in the coming months or so but for an outsider right uh, like for for me if i tell the people's perspective it's like uh, once you go in you go abroad like everybody says now everything is set uh, there is nothing <laughs> that you have to work like your life is gonna be very peaceful but the moment i think anyone lands there that's where you realize it's a all together new culture. You'll have to okay. start from scratch. Uh, you'll have to have certain challenges, which you think you, you, you never thought of that challenges would come. So okay. what, according to you are like some of the biggest things that people realize, uh, and this could be our experience also, or maybe you could have talked to different, uh, uh students okay. over the year. Uh, so what's your take on this? Um, I think so much of it changes. Honestly, I don't think so. Anybody can prepare you of what you go through when you move to a new country and doesn't matter which stage you move into and doesn't matter how much you've traveled before. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, it, it, it happens more, of course, to people who have not traveled before, like, like myself, when I came here, uh, I came at 18 and before that I had 
not traveled uh, anywhere alone except from a few competitions. So, you know, I was very uh, nested and I was very cocooned in my life and I was very protected. So, of course, my experience would be dif different for someone who's moving in their late 20s. But still, it nobody can prepare you of what you go through. And I think there are a few things, uh, you know, within that where I want to talk about. I think the first thing uh, has to be um, just having this identity crisis that you have. And I think everybody goes through that. You know, when you leave a country uh, and you move to a new country, it's just all of a sudden a new culture, you know, new set of people, uh, different, uh, different things that are normal, different things that are uh, deemed as uh, cool or different things that are deemed as uh, virtuous versus, uh, you know, sinful. So when you change that, I think it really pushes you to question who you are and it really pushes you to uh, build an identity outside of every sort of cultural norm that comes to you. So, you know, when I when someone took away of me living in Chandigarh and me being an Indian, then it was like, where, like, who am I? You know, a lot of things from the food I consumed to the language I spoke uh, to my friendships and, and, and my experiences growing up to the music you listen to, the things you watch, all of that all of a sudden becomes alien. So yeah. how do you create that relativity with the people around you and at the same time not lose sight of who you are? Because also that's very easy to do that. You know, you just try so hard to become a part of the crowd that you lose who you are. And, and, and I think figuring that out takes a lot. I think for me, getting comfortable in my skin and getting comfortable in who I am, what, where I come from, how do I take that along with me? How do I bring those cultures and virtues along with me to my workspace only happened probably towards the ending of my fifth year in Canada. For the first four years, I was just in this identity crisis because I just didn't know where I fit in and I fit in in multiple places. So I think that is the first thing uh, that people really go through. All of a sudden, it's just it really pushes you to question who you are and build yourself an identity which is not related to your geographic or your culture or your religion. Uh, so I think that was the first part. The second part has to be just this loss of structure, you know, growing up in a country and having being in your home. Uh, the home in, in which you were born in or the home in which you've spent, uh, you know, over decades, uh, you there's a structure, there's a time when you wake up, there's things you do, uh, you know, so all of a sudden, all of that again is gone as well. So you're building that again, you're building your routine again, the food again, food habits again, uh, your discipline again. So just you in your daily life, when that changes and again, building a daily life out of it, uh, I think is something which people don't really understand how troublesome it could get because I've, mm. I've talked to students when, you know, even simple thing as not finding the food you like becomes such a big thing that you cannot think about anything else, no job, no money, but just the food you want to eat. And, and, and it all of a sudden, it's never really that evident when you are at home. Uh, but it becomes very evident when you leave it, including the support your family gives you, the support people around you give you, the friendships and the comfort you have uh, of being in your community. I think that's something you have to build again. You have to make friends again. You have to, you know, make colleagues again. You have to find your favorite places again. You have to find 
uh, you know, your favorite places within the city again. And when you move cities, that changes too within, you know, where you're living. Um, and I think the third thing, which ultimately becomes why I do what I do and what happens on LinkedIn is job search. I think nobody prepares you on how difficult that is, because while you're understanding your identity crisis and you're understanding who you are, at the same time, you have to show up at a job. You have to look for a job. And, and a big part of that also becomes in how do you uh, translate in who you are uh, to your employer? How do you communicate that? Again, how do you find out what, what can you bring to the table? especially for someone who comes with no work experience, because not only you are figuring out um, what are you doing in this new country, but you're also figuring out what you're going to do in your career. And when you put this all together and at the same time, uh, on the top of that, put this immigration clock on, on, you know, on your head because you're on a restricted time, there's work permit, it, it expires, there's only a limited window you have to get your PR. So all of that, happens within the first few years. So if you had to only tackle with one of these issues, maybe it would have been easier. But when all of this, you know, puts together, I think it put, it put students, especially the younger ones, in this really vulnerable space uh, where they're very naive and, 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 the, yeah. and the chances of exploitations become so much higher is because they are still figuring it out. And when you are in that space uh, and you look at someone with authority and you look at someone who has information, uh, it's easy for you to just follow that suit. And it's easy for you to just listen to the advices and not understand uh, that those people might not have the best interest uh, of you in your mind. Uh, so I think these are a few things within the journey which people don't understand and think, you know, life here is all roses and, and you get to live in a cool city and you get experiences, with, you know, go see the CN Tower and click pictures on the lake and go to Niagara Falls and it's all fun and games. But on the day-to-day figuring out everything from the time you wake up to the time you go to work or who you are, what do you speak, uh, what do you not speak, what do you become uh, is just something you go through. Uh, and the more help we can get, the better we can make this process for the students because uh, we are going to go through it at one point or the other, be it within yeah. your city. I'm sure when you moved, you know, you left your home, came yeah. to, you know, a new city, it, it, you understand how it is. Uh, and so it's just we need as much support as we can give and as much vulnerable we can be, even for the ones who have gone through it, as we say, like talk about your struggles, talk about the things that were really troublesome so that the students coming in after you don't look at just the rosy pictures, but make a better informed decision, knowing each and everything they have to go through, um, you know, when they do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something I think nobody prepares you for. Got it. I mean, thanks for detailing this out. Uh, but uh, I have a follow-up on this, like out of curiosity. Right now, there are so many mediums, right? Uh, YouTube and then bloggers have all together like exploded, right? <laughs> so do you think like there is still lack of awareness, like nobody is talking about all this stuff and showing them only the good picture? Or do you think like there is fair amount of resources currently available out and this is people not searching or uh, like... Uh, going to the right platform so why do you think the gap still exists because for anyone who is outside he might say like okay there are so many videos out on youtube why do you think this could be a challenge yeah no that that's such a good question um and i think maybe maybe the gap exists because of a few reasons of course i think the first has to be there's a difference in knowledge and practical you know solutions like you can have all the knowledge in the world you can have all the information in the world but when things happen in yeah. real life and when you are going through it, 
your experience would be different than everybody yeah. else's. So if you pick up uh, journeys of every international student, I'll take an example within my household. Me and my sister both came at different times. Even though we come from the same household, we have same amount of resources. Uh, we had the same amount of privilege growing up. Our stories looked completely different from each other. Our struggles were really different from each other. Um, and I think it's just the same as everyone else. Even though I had her here, I had all the information I needed uh, from someone who's gone through it already. It still wasn't, you know, enough because, um, as I said, it's just when it is happening right in front of you and when the the point comes in making those decisions, um, at that time, all the knowledge goes out of the window. So it's, it's nobody can, as mm. I said, nobody can prepare you for it. You can do your best in making sure you have all the available resources at your dispense when you need to utilize them. Uh, but it's just building that muscle will take time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think the also the other aspect of it, what becomes is even the information that is being shared on every social media. And I'm not saying that everybody has a purpose behind sharing that, you know, and, and it could be in just giving good information. But then at the same time, most of them are doing that to gain some sort of, you know, yeah. extra income or build an affiliation or promote products and things like yeah. that. Uh, so it also becomes uh, a question of too much information when, when there's way too many people uh, talking about surface level things and not really seeping into the details of it. Uh, it becomes like, you know, as you say, like less information also becomes very dangerous. Uh, yeah. Is that when you look at a, a 60 second reel and, and think that's that's all the information you need, then, you know, you're sadly mistaken because that's not all the information you need. You really need to research on your own and, 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 and actually understand what fits your situation uh, because it, it's not going to be someone else's situation and there is no blueprint to this. You uh, So I think that's the second question, yeah. you know, second problem right there because why the gap exists. Um, and I think the third has to be is that when you are planning to move, you know, when you are in that stage of just trying to move to a new country, at that time, I'll be honest, doesn't matter what someone says that this is going to be what you're going to face. They can give you an exact actual picture. You're not going to believe it. It's just not going to be the case. You know, it's just yeah. that you will say, I'll do it differently. You'll be like, oh, you know, this happened with someone else. Look at me, I'll, I'll do it in a different way and I'll be different than everybody else. And, and because at that point, moving is much more important than staying where you are. Uh, so at that, at that time, someone can tell you everything and you will not listen to them. Uh, but once you come here and that's when you actually realize that, okay, I need to like listen to a few people. But then as I was saying before, that because there's so many multiple moving factors at the same time, it just becomes uh, that there's no space to... Uh, digest that information because you're always moving. There's way too much information being thrown at you. There's way too many decisions you have to make all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, you're responsible for your entire life, your entire finance, uh, and the way you take your career. Uh, there's just no space and that calmness you need to make that right decision and to digest that information. And I think that's also what then becomes in building that gap because at that point, whatever would be the first information that comes to you, you're going to accept it and take it because there's just no time and space to digest more and research more. Um, so I think, yeah, these are a few reasons why I feel like the gaps would still exist 
uh, the resources 100% are much better now than it, than they were five years ago. There's no doubt to that. There, there was no LinkedIn back there. There was no networking happening back then. Nobody was talking about how to do job search the right way. So yes, we have all the tools available now, but how do we implement that and how do we do that? It's still a personal choice and that still can, nobody can change that. Um, so yeah, I think that's what I would say. So, uh, so now you had a job and you were like sharing in your personal capacity, your personal experience tips around job searching, your personal experiences, right? And then you thought of starting a venture. How did that happen? Because you were still doing a job and like still helping people around uh, via, via LinkedIn and other meetups, right? But mm-hmm. why do you think that uh, that was required? And uh, do you think that acted as a catalyst for what you had in your mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, like, I, I'll tell you a little bit about why I started first before we talk about what the platform exactly is and what we're trying to do. I think when I started with content creation on LinkedIn uh, and after that, I did a few things before I moved on to this venture. So I started doing workshops uh, by myself uh, where I would teach students about, you know, how do you do job search, resumes, cover letter, everything that I've learned um, from my time in here. Uh, and then I did my one-on-one, uh, you know, sort of consult or support or whatever you want to call it, where I would just do a, you know, free half an hour call with students to just, you know, help them answer their questions and whatever question they could have. I think that's how where we connected again as yeah. well. Uh, so when I opened my one-on-one, I remember I opened slots for three months and I opened two slots um, every day. Um, and I think I was doing that three times a week. So I connected to about two to 50 students like that three months were booked off right away. So I had no more space to take on any more student after that. So I think that was what made me realize that there was an appetite out there uh, for this information. And and there was an appetite out there for this help. Uh, So once I was doing that, um, I stumbled upon um, Empower. Pat, uh, who's our CEO now, Pat Chai Sung, she was the one running that initiative and it was a non-for-profit. So okay. I connected with her over LinkedIn, actually, uh, and we were just sharing of the things we were doing for international students. She was running her own non-for-profit, doing mentorship for international students. And I was doing that own within, you know, my own space. Yep. So once we actually started having that conversation and she was telling me about her job search journey because her idea was the same, you know, she went through the job search. She was an international student realized how much, how hard it is. And that's why I started this, you know, mentorship to help students land better jobs. So when we were talking about it, we realized that we needed to, you know, build a solution at scale. Uh, Because, you know, if we were going to be trading our time for the help, we could only help so many. Like when I were booking the calls, there were 300 students, but that's it. Like there are 300 students that I can help, but we have about 700,000 students within this space, within international student space who need help. So how do I help them? I can't help them one-on-one. So I knew I needed to build a solution at a scale and also to build an impact at a scale because a personal uh, you know, movement can only go so far. Yeah. I can create awareness, but that's just me. you know. And I knew the problem was bigger than that. So mm. it just happened because of that. The problem is much more bigger than one, what any one individual can do. And it also was coming from a point that there was no other help out there. There was no other, 
company out there helping international students. There was no universities creating special initiatives to help international students. There is no government-funded uh, organizations because they are only for immigrants, for skilled immigrants who are coming here. There are tons of free government-run programs that helps them, but that's not the case for international students because the expectation is that you'll come, you'll study, and you'll go back, which we know does not happen. 90% yeah. does not happen. Students want to stick around. So for us, it was that also, that there was no other uh, where the problem was getting solved. So that's when we realized that, okay, we have to build something bigger than that. So that's when me, uh, Pat Chaisang, and Jaskaran Bedi, who's our uh, other co-founder, uh, we three of us came together and actually started thinking about how we can create a solution at scale. And we realized that it can only happen when we build one central platform which connects universities, students, and employers. Because, you know, currently universities do their own thing, colleges do their own thing with the students, and then they leave students to graduate. But then what happens from the time they graduate to the time they land their PR? That is the time where students need the most help, and that is the place where there is no help. So that's where our platform comes in. It's a SaaS platform. We are building a um, platform uh, which will connect students, universities, and employers. We currently do have a platform uh, which is our beta version, which has a job board. We have tons of free resources for students. Uh, but ultimately, where we are leading it to is building one central place where we partner up with employers who want to hire international students. We teach, uh, we give them all the education they need around what does it take into hiring international students, you know, the cultural uh, background that comes with it, how do they do unbiased hiring, um, and, and, and the educational piece around immigration around that. And for universities, how do they create better resources to make their students more job ready and to make, um, you know, to make, uh, to help them make better decision early on. Because from the moment you start your program here, that's from when the students have to start thinking about ultimately their five-year plan, as we say, uh, right. onto what will land them that PR that they really want and how do they shape each and every decision that they make that takes them into that direction. Uh, so that is basically what we are building and why there was uh, a need to build that and and why I, you know, I felt that, you know, me doing my job and just creating LinkedIn content or or even let's say I did it on YouTube uh, and, and gained 100K subscribers. Again, it was still not the practical solution we need. It's still okay. not changing the problem and we need to change the problem. So that's that's just the reason Instant Power came in place. You talked about the initiative, you talked about team also. So if I may ask like, what's your specific role, uh, right? Mm -hmm. How is that structured uh, between mm -hmm. uh, the team, other team as well? So if you can throw some light on that. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I think first I want to take a step back and actually, you know, in simpler terms, talk about what the platform is. Our company, which is called Isempower, um, we have um, built around 200 to 300 free resources for students. Okay. Uh, so once they come on in and sign up on our platform, uh, they have to go through a quiz where they tell, you know, where exactly they are. Are they a new student? Are they trying to graduate? Are they trying to find a co-op? You know, which us cycle which which step of the international student cycle they're in and once they do that what they start getting are free resources in their inbox every week 
And these resources we have built over time with the help of recruiters, hiring managers, uh, you know, with the people who are there to, who know how, how to do it the right way. Uh, so that's the first step of, you know, what the students get. And we also host monthly workshops uh, with our partner employers, um, you know, where they come in, talk to students, tell them exactly what they're looking for when they look for people to hire and how students can better, uh, you know, uh, better get their experiences and build better profiles to land into these target industries. Like we've partnered up with RBC, we've partnered up with the big four. Uh, you know, we are bringing in the big players into coming in and telling the students what exactly they need so that students can do that and, you know, get into these industries. Uh, so we do uh, that. But on the side of that, we are also partnering up with universities. We are partnered up right now with 20 colleges uh, where we provide this support to their students. You know, the resources, workshops around LinkedIn, around personal branding, around um, you know, job search and all things like that. So we help the students uh, within these universities as well. And we are partnered up with about 20 plus employers as well. We currently have uh, more than 50 uh, job positions on our job board right now, which are from our partner employer, which are basically the positions for where they want to hire international students. So students don't have to fight uh, for the fact that they should hire international students. Now, these are the employers who want to hire. So it ends up becoming just making sure that they have a good application, that they are a good hire. So that is what we are currently doing. And on the side of that, we also have a job search bootcamp, uh, which is a on-demand bootcamp taught by in recruiters and hiring managers in teaching students how to do job search in Canada in the right way, networking in Canada in the right way, and how do they actually use being an international student to their advantage. So this is a little bit about, you know, what Isempower is. Where I come in at Isempower is I'm a chief growth officer with them. So what growth marketing uh, essentially just means is how do we, one, acquire the customers and how do we retain the customers? That's where I come in is building products around the needs of our customers and building services around the need of our customers because, uh, you know, marketing uh, usually has just been seen as such a one-dimensional thing as just, you know, going to your old school, you know, building a ad campaign, uh, doing sales, launching a product and thinking, oh, there you, there you go, you're, you're going to get your customers. But that's not the ecosystem we are in. We want to retain our customers and we want to create a solution for that customer. So that's where I come in. I sit on the product development um, meaning so that we can create products, uh, keeping our customers in mind. Uh, I handle the PR, marketing and social media strategy so that, you know, the content we are creating is in line with what our customers want to see and in line with what creates value for our customers. Um, and also, you know, sitting on the finance uh, side of it as well to make sure that how do we sustain ourselves profitably and, and make our company grow? But at the same time, not having to do it at the expense of the students, because ultimately yeah. we don't want students to pay. Our platform is entirely free for students. They, they should not be the ones paying because they have paid enough. Uh, at this time, it becomes that the key players of, you know, employers and universities on how do we bring in the, a value to them, which ultimately leads us being profitable at the same time, serving and creating the solution that we are trying to create. So it is, I, I see it as an amalgamation of product management, product design, marketing, um, and finance. It somewhat sits in between as someone, as, as a yeah. clear player 
who can overlook that. And because my career so far has been in business and finance, I can see that side of projection and I can see, I can read data according to that. But because my passion lies in marketing, content creation, uh, and PR, uh, I think this is that exactly the great place where I can sort of come in and, and blend this all together. Uh, but because I'm also in the founding team of the startup, uh, we, I'm sort of just, you know, we are building it up from ground up. So we are all wearing multiple hats and yeah. actually at this point we're doing everything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, that's all I can say. It's just, it's, it's an overview of what I do. seems yeah. like and just a very big answer, but yeah, that's essentially where I come in. The thing I notice is, uh, and I believe where the value is coming is, uh, you're helping to build the foundation, right? Because maximum times, uh, okay, you realize either learn from your experiences, right? But then you tend up wasting a lot of times, but there could be certain things that you already have, right? From the exposure of so many students, the community and everything. So you prepare them what may take them like three years, maybe uh, maybe three months or a boot camp, or they can get mm-hmm. to know like what are the hard and the best things that they need to prepare rather than like going through that struggle, which others might mm-hmm. have done, right? So I think that's yeah. where uh, I think there's a huge value add for anyone who joins the bootcamp, right? Yeah, for sure. I Honestly, I think what makes Isempower so different and why I have so much faith in this product is because it's being built by international students. So all three of us co-founders have uh, been international students. We come from very different backgrounds, like my COO, Jaskaran Bedi. He came here as an MBA. He came here to study MBA. He came with tons of experience. Uh, Pat, uh, she came for her bachelor's degree, but she came uh, a little bit even earlier to, you know, sort of finish the ESL along with her bachelor's degrees. And I came in accounting, but it was more like a specialized diploma. So all three of us have pretty much covered every different side of international student journey because, you know, we have been at different stages. So what does job search look like for each one of us is completely different and where we come in. So I think when we were building the bootcamp, it was very important for us uh, to bring in the key players and we didn't want it to be the ones teaching it. In the beginning, we were the ones teaching it. Like when when we did our beta launch last year in March, uh, we actually recorded the whole bootcamp ourselves, created a curriculum ourselves. Uh, but then again, we soon realized that, you know, this is just, it's still limited because it's still limited to our experience. And I, as I said, each one of us has such different experiences. So does every other international student. So it, it comes down to, again to the same principle of how do we bring in the key players and make them to tell students and what do they need to do? Because ultimately, the decision makers are the ones who need to understand yeah. this change first before the students can make the change. Students mm-hmm. can do everything within their possibility uh, to create better profiles, to create better resume. But if the employers and the decision makers are not ready to understand what it takes to be an international student and actually uh, are, you know, have tons of misconceptions in place, like we talk to so many employers where they think they need to do like a sponsorship for the students or students are not allowed to legally work here. Like there's just so much misinformation out there. So hard. So for us to make the change, we had to make the change from top below, you know, not from below above. So for us, uh, that's when we brought in recruiters and hiring managers as instructors for this boot camp is because, you know, they are hiring. So they should yeah. tell 
how you should do the job search because you know the decision is there in their hands and and while we give our students uh you know office hours which gives them this one-on-one time with these key players i think it also builds this comfort in students in how do they have conversations with these key players and how do they uh, interact with them how do you, how do they ask those right questions uh in ultimately building more comfort around doing the job search because i feel like having the right resume and having knowing what to say and having those strategies is very important but it comes down to how comfortable you can be while doing that process because that what uh ultimately decides how resilient you will be how how you can take this you know in the long run and how it's because it's not just about that first job this yeah. is going to be something you're going to be doing for the rest of your career you know so if you build those foundations early on and if you build that comfort and understand the principles more than um you know that job like we don't when we talk about the boot camp it's not coming from a point that i need to land this particular job and that's when i'm going to learn how to do job search for this job no it's about the principles of recruitment it's about the principles of hiring because once you have that in 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 your system then everything after that because not just your first job your second job your third job doing that correctly is what we want to teach our students and what was taught to me which helped me be where i am because i wasn't just looking for my kpmg job i was looking for how do i build a career and mm-hmm. how do i build a long term vision and that's what we want to teach students to do okay and if i may ask like what are the key modules or pillars basis which the entire bootcamp is designed because i think you mentioned it's not about that specific role or not specific area mm-hmm. uh, because there would be people from different backgrounds right so how yep. is that uh, basically designed i'm curious to understand uh, that because for every student how mm-hmm. does that uh coming from different background helps that because the module mm-hmm. still remains same yeah yeah for sure uh so as i was say, saying before i think we focus more on the principles of recruitment than uh the job search itself so we uh the the bootcamp is designed in a way that it walks you through your job search journey from the beginning to the end and beyond so we start with first of all understanding who you are and understanding what do you bring to the table and understanding exactly what your strengths are what your weaknesses are um you know how do you what are your uh, you know major as we so say hero skills what are your hero skill set what are the sub skill set of that and actually you know giving you an understanding of your profile how do you build a success inventory all these things which come in even before you build a resume because you can't build a resume until you understand where exactly you are and in and in that where exactly you are we talk about uh, different segments right so we talk about if you are someone who has no experience whatsoever how do you do that uh, you know versus if you are someone who has international experience how do you for them it's more about how do you take that skills and make them relevant in canada so both of them are covered we look at job search from both perspective as someone with no experience and as someone with who's coming with tons of experience so we start with that we start with understanding that and then move on to understanding companies and how do you understand a company and their target and actually figure out if that is where you want to land and if that is where uh that would actually provide value in your career so we move on to how do you research the companies uh and within that we also talk about uh, you know while you're researching the companies how do you 
sync that with your PR? How do you sync that in understanding would that make your, you know, eligibility for your PR? Because for a lot of students, it's about your PR. It's about mm-hmm. finding a job that gets you your permanent residency. So we talk about it in that way. So once you've understood who you are and where you want to land, that's when we move on to creating a resume according to it and creating a cover letter according to it. And even within the resume, we talk about, you know, what kind of resumes works the best for students who with no experience versus what does it works the best worth with someone who's coming with tons of experience. And if you are someone who wants to transition, what works for you? And why we teach all of that is and, and not make it just one thing is, again, as I'm saying, because it's not just about that job. Yeah. It's about, you know, overall, because ultimately at some point in your career, what if you want to transition at some point in your life? What if you move to another country and you, you are someone then with, who's coming with experience but doing job search in a new country? So, you know, all these principles helps you understand and build that foundation. Uh, and after that, we move on to interviewing, right? Like how do you interview in the right way? Different kind of interviews that you can see in Canada from case studies to behavioral interviews to panel interviews and, and, and you know, how do you answer them in the right way? How do you translate your international experience? How do you translate your international profile, your culture? How do you, you know, bring that English being your second language into your interview? And how do you sort of uh, communicate that effectively? And and then we move on to networking, which is very important, right? And how do you uh, sort of, again, not just make the networking for that position, but overall build and sustain a network. And how do you take it one step at a time to ultimately build these meaningful relationships that can bring value into your career? And we ended with uh, with what I think is a masterpiece that Jaskaran, uh, he created himself, is how do you manage job search, right? We talk a lot about creating, you know, your uh, resumes and networking and interviewing. But when you're applying at 30 different places, how do you actually build a system where you can keep a track of everything you are doing? Because, you know, a part of you being a successful candidate is being on the top of it all and and, and having that, okay, you know, I applied for this. And if you get a phone interview, how can you create this system where you can just jump on and being like, okay, I applied for this. This was the application I made. This is what the role is. Right. Like it's 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 a really nicely built template. Like this whole bootcamp is a template based bootcamp. Like we have built templates for everything from, you know, skill set to resumes to cover letter interviews, networking scripts, uh, you know, templates for taking it forward. Because, as I said, we need to find a structure for students uh, which they can ultimately implement themselves because you can give them all the knowledge. But if you will not teach them how to apply then that knowledge is worth nothing. So we've made it a more like uh, action-packed bootcamp in, and, and creating it template-based and also creating it based on, um, you know, how do you create the desired outcome versus how do you not just about the input you're putting in that job search. So yeah, this is a little bit of an overarching view of how the bootcamp works and it's completely on demand so students are not tied down to a particular time, a particular hour, because before it was uh, as, you know, a live session, but because we have students from all different parts of the world, the timing does not work for everyone, yeah. you know, and, and, we, and everybody has different schedules with school, with work. Uh, so now it's completely on demand, but at the same time, we have that office hour with the instructors. So if they want, they have that one-on-one personal touch and have uh, we have their community on Slack so they can interact with 
uh, you know, their other boot camp uh, classmates and, and, and they can, you know, build that community there as well. Uh, so this is uh, in, in essence of what the boot camp is. Got it. And what's the duration? Like if some, if I join it like right now? So, so the idea initially is it's, uh, it was a seven day boot camp. Uh, but in terms of the hours, um, you know, each module is, um, I think it, it will depend on how you can take it. But I think uh, I would say it will take you about 25 to 30 hours to go through it all uh, along with the assignments. Um, and then okay. uh, but then it can be speeded up to even 10 hours yeah. or less than that. Uh, but if you really want to get use out of it and use all the assignments and do all the quizzes, I would say about 20, 25 hours. But it's all broken down into like 10 minute module, 20 minute module. So you can just do one and go get 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 with your day. Right. So you don't have to do the 20 hours together. It's it's very bite sized. It's 10 minutes, five minutes uh, module at a time, uh, which makes it super flexible for students to do it at any time. Um, and not having to be stuck with a particular curriculum, uh, let's just say. Got it. So I think uh, that covers pretty well, like in, in a small duration, I think you get to know like a lot of things, which again, uh, you'll personally have to struggle or experience. And here in, I think at a one place, obviously you can self-pace it. But I think on a high level, like maybe 25 to 30 hours, you'll you'll yeah. get a lot of exposure, right? So I think that mm-hmm. exposure is huge uh, in, in terms of the time uh, that uh, the one has to de- uh, devote on this particular platform. So I think a very great initiative. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I may ask, like, w- what are some of the upcoming things? I think uh, briefly you mentioned, like, this is into stage you are also working with the universities, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Any other things that you guys are working uh, in the coming months or maybe that's going to come on yep. this particular platform? So oh, our platform is going to look so different in this coming year and I'm so excited to bring it to light. Without giving too many spoilers, uh, I'll give you an idea of where we are sort of moving towards. We are moving towards uh, now building our main platform. So that's sort of now in the development stage of okay. that platform. And that platform essentially would be one central place where students can come in, network, get hired, get visibility, and at the same time connect with universities and employers. So it will be one central place which connects them all. So it will be like an interactive platform, just like LinkedIn, you can say, right, like where students can communicate, uh, students can create visibility. And just like how we have our job board, that job board is going to move into that platform uh, where employers can post jobs and they can look at um, you know, whoever is, you know, applying to that jobs and actually create their own, um, you know, sites where they can interact with students. So it's going to become a very uh, dim- two-dimensional place where employers and universities can interact with students and students can impl- interact with them. Uh, and it, it'll give the students a pan-Canada, um, you know, exposure because you, even with their universities, they're just limited to the students of their university and we want to connect them to the whole international community uh, within Canada and beyond. Uh, so that is something that is in building uh, this year. And, and we want to ultimately take it to a point where we, um, uh, you know, can create score sources, uh, resources at scale for students, again, to pr- use them for free. Um, and how do we sort of build in, uh, similar to what we have with the boot camp, but build that in within the job search journey they will go through on our platform. Uh, so it will be sort of like integration between the bootcamp 
um, and the new platform we are trying to build. Um, and it should be live towards the end of summer. And that sort of is our aim when I go full time on it. I, you know, we hire more people and, 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 and we sort of build, go into our scaling stage. Right now we are in our foundation stage and mm. we are building, uh, you know, a foundation. So towards the end of summer is when we're going to go at scaling stage and, and then we're going to get more exposure and, and talk to, you know, the idea is ultimately to connect to every single university in Canada, you know, and that's 200 plus. So our, yeah. our goal is big and, and, and employers are endless, you know, so it's just about uh, scaling it up after that point. Uh, and, and that is ultimately the solution we wanted to create, right? We wanted to create a solution at scale. Uh, so that's just what we are creating currently. Yeah, I mean, and that sounds very exciting and looking forward to the amazing stuff that you guys are building. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm, we are moving towards the end of the conversation, but uh, uh, I would want you to answer like, what's your personal goal from Empower? Um, personal goal out of Empower, I think for me, there were a few things um, why I joined is Empower outside of, of, you know, the solution we are trying to create. I was always very interested in the entrepreneurial and startup space. I've always thought I would be someone who would work for myself, even when I started uh, my accounting job, uh, I remember at the beginning, I said to my partner saying, I'll build my own accounting firm, you know, uh, and, and, and it's similar to what we're doing now. So I've always been interested in building something for myself. And I think this is a great place to start because my team, uh, you know, Pat and JB, they're both product managers or had been product managers. Now Pat's working full time on his empower. Uh, so they understand a lot about, uh, you know, the tech space and the startup space, and they both went through accelerators. So I think I have great mentors from which I can learn so much. So I, I, I want to, you know, observe this journey about how do we build startups from scratch up and how do we take the ideas from, you know, just an idea to creating a product, to creating a service, and ultimately to be able to sell that service and to be able to uh, grow that service. So that is something I want to learn so that I can take that into my own venture, hopefully in the future. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm someone who has multiple passions. There's so many things I'm interested in. So how do I think once I understand this as a process, again, as a principle, I can apply it to any idea that I want ultimately in my life. So that is the goal to get out of, um, you know, is is to understand the startup space. Now we are, you know, talking to investors, we're talking about raising funds. All of these things are something I had no idea about. So now I'm like learning with experience and, and I'm absolutely loving wearing these multiple hats because working with big organizations, you get so limited and, and you know, there's so much of only so much that you can do. So I'm loving this, uh, taking on all the hats and understanding that. And also I want to grow myself within the growth marketing stage, I think. I have always been uh, somewhat of a marketer. I think I'm good at it. Um, you know, with content, I, I thought I would stick within the digital marketing uh, or just the traditional marketing space, but something about it didn't sit right with me. I'm, I'm not someone who can sit and look at data and just think about it, you know, of like, oh, this is working with the data and let's just go into it and build it more. You know, I'm, I'm more about coming up with ideas, creative ideas, new ideas, and, and ultimately, not just restricting restricting it to marketing, but having a say in the kind of product and the amount of products that are going to go out. So I think growth marketing sits very well in within my experience of the technical and building that along with the marketing and creative and, and, and that leadership and PR side of it. 
So I want to grow within the growth marketing stage. I think that's where I see myself going forward um, is that once we can build is empower and get this um, experience out of that, I can take that on to my next idea, onto someone else's next idea and help them grow that, um, you know, at stage. So I think that is what I want to get out of that. And ultimately, I feel like this is my golden chance to make this transition. You know, making a transition is not easy, yep. uh, especially when you come with years of experience from a different industry, because you have to then ultimately take a step down or or, or let go of something, you know. And I thought, it, and it became much harder to do it uh, outside of this. I tried to do it outside of just Isimpabra. I was trying to, you know, switch my job from accounting to somewhat within marketing just to get some a little bit extra experience. And I and I realized how much uh, goes into it and how much uh, the industry demands out of you. So I think this is my use case scenario yeah. where I can build a skill set with my experience uh, and I can learn and at the same time prove my skill uh, to ultimately make that transition. So I think this is my time to prove my skills for the transition that I'm trying to make. Um, and, and that's what I'm trying to get out of, um, you know, is empower, let's just say about me personally. Um, yeah. I believe you will reach the state where you want to be. Thank yeah. you so much. And, uh, so now it's the interesting part, I would say more interesting <laughs> part to keep the conversations light. Uh, yeah. so I'm going to ask you like few questions and you need to answer them either in one line or one word, mm -hmm. whichever you think okay. is appropriate. Okay. Okay. So your uh, favorite hangout spot in Toronto? Yep. Or okay, my favorite hangout spot in Toronto. Um, recently it will be Found Coffee. It's a cafe in Bellwoods. I'm a cafe person, so that would be my favorite hangout spot. Okay, and a favorite book and a TV show that you would want to recommend? <laughs> That's a hard one. Favorite book? Um, can I say two? Yeah, obviously. Uh, well, let's start with favorite book. I think the first one I really recommend everyone reading is How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it's by, I'm really bad with writer's name, uh, but I think it's by Max something, but that's okay. the name of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Amazing book on leadership, communication. I, it changed the way I communicated. So that would be one. Uh, the second one would be... Um, uh, this book, uh, which is called um, The Sapiens, um, okay. it is by, uh, again, the name is really hard, Noah something, uh, mm -hmm. but The Sapiens is the name of it. Amazing book in understanding our evolution, uh, who we are, uh, sort of where we take it forward. And then the third one uh, would be, um, it, it would be a very surprising choice, uh, but it's this uh, book called Nitname, and I think it's from... Um, uh, if you know oh, who he is, uh, I'm sure yeah, who yeah. he do. My dad's big, big, big time follower of him. And this is basically uh, Jabji Saab's uh, explanation uh, in Sant Mashkinji's words. Uh, he, he He's such a peaceful person. I think Sikhism in itself, our roots go so back and, and we have some amazing principle. I was blessed to be born in a family where we talk a lot about what Sikhism stand for and actually understanding the principles rather than just focusing on, uh, you know, the outcome of that religion. So we talk a lot about spirituality and how do we, you know, use the Sikhism's principle into building a better life 
and into building a more peaceful life and 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 a and a less greedy life. So it, it, it's it's a very good interpretation. It's also in English. So for people who can't read Punjabi, uh, I think it's an ultimate resource to understand Jabji Saab. Uh, but there's also Punjabi in it. So if you want to you know practice your Punjabi again and and read that, it's an amazing book. So these would be the books. I'm I'm a, I'm a I, I find it really hard to stick to books. Uh, uh, I have an attention deficit, so for me to go through a book, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, so it, these are the amount of books I can read. Mm-hmm. And within the startup space, if someone is actually, since this is a video, I have it right here. Uh, it's called the Lean Startup. It's by Eric Reese. This is actually something Pat gave to me, my CEO, to read. This is what people say is the best book out there. Uh, for understanding startups, and it actually talks about a scientific approach to how do you take uh, from idea to you know product. So it's it's an amazing book for anyone who's within the startup space. They call it the Bible of startups. So you should definitely read this. Uh, let's move on to shows. Uh, much lighthearted shows. Uh, there are a few. I think first, uh, which I would recommend everyone to see is Grace and Frankie. Uh, it's a show about two old women who get divorced in their 80s. Uh, it's not about divorce. It's about actually how do you, they, they t- teach about, they're talking about how do you build your life at 80. You know, these are women and in their 80, uh, building up businesses, building up new life, new relationships. So I think it's an amazing, lighthearted show for anyone to watch. Uh, I think it just gives you so much hope. I, I, I was personally one of the ones who was thinking, well, I'm running out of time. You know, life stops at 30, life stops at 40. So I think this is an amazing a uh, show for someone to watch. Uh, so Grace and Frankie. Uh, the other one that I've recently watched, which was really amazing. Uh, I'm a very lighthearted show person, so all of them would be like that. And I think that's Shit's Creek. Again, it's a very lighthearted show. Um, amazing for you to learn and drive to survive if you're someone in F1. I think that's, again, a great show uh, for you to understand what goes behind the sport. I think it talks a lot about that. So I think, yeah, these three would be on my recommendation board right now. Uh, but actually, I would really feel bad if I don't include any Indian space in it because I think our OTT is doing some amazing work. Even though I don't watch a lot of television for the limited amount I've watched, uh, within the Indian space, I think I watched Panchayat lately and okay. I love that uh, it was on Prime. Uh, okay. Again, such a good show about talking about what is dealt with you in your hand. How do you make the best out of that? And how do you, uh, you know see everyone as a teacher um and then i think that was great so yeah these three i know you asked me to reply in one line and i gave yeah. a big explanation <laughs> but uh yeah that that's Please. fine mm-hmm. yeah and maybe i i think you covered what uh, books and shows for the people who are into startups or interested about mm-hmm. startups maybe uh, i can talk about two shows uh, which mm-hmm. eventually talk about what not to do in a startup oh. so uh, basically if you can watch the dropout uh, i think it's on okay. hbo uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's uh, a series called we crash uh, again it's Ooh. on i think apple tv so mm-hmm. we crash is related to the v-books uh, story like how they want you to scale in a very less amount of time and uh, oh, how they pumped up money and misused it so that's they, these are the two series that will tell what not to do in a uh, basically oh. when you run a startup. So very different yeah. perspective. Okay. Amazing. I would, I would put that on my list. Yeah. Uh, and one person you admire the most. Oh, one person I admire the most. 
I'm going to give a cliche answer, but it is actually my father um, and my mom. I, I, I don't okay. think so I can put them separately. Mm, got it. So, yeah, I think uh, we are done. Uh, but I think there is so much to learn from this session. And I thought it would be around, only around uh, like career or for international students. But I think uh, indirectly, we have talked a lot about uh, obviously the job part, uh, the struggles of international students, uh, the perspective, how we want to see things. Uh, okay. And then entrepreneurship. And then some life lessons. So obviously, I think it's a very uh, valuable uh, episode, I believe, uh, for me. And I think for all the listeners, even if they are international students or want to be uh, aspiring, who want to come to their dream country, I think they have a lot to learn uh, from you. And obviously, I do recommend checking out uh, Is Empower. And there's a lot of new content that's going to come. And currently also there are a lot of free resources that you can check out. So do follow them on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and obviously visit their website. And uh, yeah, that's what I had for today. Yeah, this is amazing. Just me. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, you know, come on here, uh, speak about um, this. And I just want to take this time to even congratulate you for building this amazing platform and everything you do on, you know, LinkedIn and outside of that, I think it's, it's a testament of you wanting to, again, make something better and build, uh, you know, more space for people to interact. And, and I think for anyone to do anything outside of, you know, their job and outside of things that you're supposed to do takes a lot of effort and takes a lot of work and, and it takes a certain dedication to take it forward so i think that's amazing um and and i want to congratulate you on an amazing first season i think that's when i saw it and i was like oh my god i have to be on it mm-hmm. and and I, and that's when i like messaged you about it and it was amazing yeah. that i actually i think it was Sehrman that i saw and i was so yep. intrigued that oh you brought her there and it was so amazing i've actually personally followed her on uh, on her social media as well uh, for a while and and i love what she's doing as well so thank you for creating this space where we creatives as we say in Punjabi industry, yeah. uh, you know, can come in, talk, uh, yeah. open this dialogue and actually just, uh, I don't know, I, I really want to like this, I can change this image that, you know, all Punjabis, what we're doing is just, you know, loud and we're in the music industry and yeah. that's it, you know, and, and, and there's so much more of what we can do as a community and, and, and what, you know, we can build this united place like we really need it to be supporting each other and just you know helping each other becoming better and 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 building a better community uh together collaboratively across the country and across the world uh so thank you so much for building this platform and and bringing us on and opening this dialogue i think it would do amazing uh for the creatives within um you know our punjabi community yeah, thank you so much for your kind words and uh, before we end is wishing the entire team of his empower all the very best so most of the features i hope uh, from your backlog gets built and we get to see them live super soon and wishing all the best keep on doing the amazing work yeah thank you so much